welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Now, if you've been listening for any amount of time, you know that I have a lot of amazing conversations with dads who have daughters, but I love the opportunities when I am able to bring on a dad with his daughters. And today we're doing that again. Today I have Bill Williams with us and Bill's three daughters, Jesse, Katie, and Ashley. And we're going to have a great conversation today about the experience that Bill had raising his daughters, but also the experience that his daughters had being raised by Bill. And we're just going to have a great conversation. So everyone, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. It is my pleasure having you here today. Now, Bill, I always start these opportunities to talk with dads, turning the clock back in time. And your daughters are, I'm going to say, grown and flown. They've grown up and they're doing professional things now. They're doing lots of different things. But that being said, I want to turn the clock back in time to that first moment, that first moment when you found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter. What was going through your head? Wow. Let's see. So my wife is laying on her back in the doctor's office and after five months of being pregnant and he says to me, you know, your friends are right. And we looked at him and said, what are you talking about? She, he goes, you're having twins. And my wife's head just dropped back and she's like, oh, my God, and she's the practical one. How are we going to afford it? I, <laughs> and I, I just started laughing. I thought it was great. So we, we, we got past that little fun moment when we first knew that we were going to have twins. And we went to a, a, a Chicago hot dog place and we picked names almost immediately and away we went. So I, I was I was elated. She was too. And then, then things started to hit us and like, oh, okay, we got to really plan for this. We weren't expecting two. We thought it was only going to be one. <laughs> and, and, and then we carried it out further where we said, you know, we don't want to know the sex of the children. So let's make this fun and see what happens. So we waited until uh, we actually had them and uh, took it from there. It was very exciting. You know, one of the things when I've talked to parents of multiples before is you can't really plan for it, or you can plan for it in some aspects, but there's that mentality that you really can't plan for of knowing what it's really going to mean. For people that have not had multiples, talk to me about that and talk to me what it means to be a father of a multiple and what you really had to do to be able to get yourself in the right mind space to be able to be a, a father to both. So once we had Katie and Jesse, we got past the euphoria of geez, this is going to be interesting. We get past bringing them home. And I tell everybody, they said, so what was it like? And I said, well, it's the first time I, I felt like a single parent because she was always taking care of one and I was always taking care of one because there was so much to do, whether it was changing diapers or feeding or whatever it might be. And we went, I don't know, the first four weeks pretty much with no sleep, but that's just the nature of the game. And, you know, you live through it and you feel good about it. And then I did learn that I appreciated my mother-in-law because I think it was about two, two and a half weeks into it. She came and visited and it was like a little bit of a break by having three adults taking care of two kids, but it was a real eye-opener. And we realized that, hey, you know, what we don't know, we're going to learn. And we figured it out. And it was just relied on each other to make it happen. And all went well. I mean, sure, you have your ups and downs and things you got to, what were we thinking type of thing that happened periodically. But for the most part, it was great. We had a good time. And, and it, it, the biggest part for me was 
just going from infant to the next level, take it a year out to the next level and all the things that happen along the way and, and watching these these little little beings turn into into adults. I mean, I'm going fast forward, but it was fun. We had a good time with it. And then I got to pull in Ashley here for a moment. The twins, you know, when they were of age to, to understand that Ashley was coming, they're like both very excited. Couldn't wait for it. Couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. So finally, Ashley comes out. We bring her home. And what does Jesse say? Put her back. I don't want her. Put her back. <laughs> Well, of course, that's not the way anymore, but it was just fun. You just never know what you're going to get hit with. It, it, you just take it as it comes. And and eventually, all of a sudden, Ashley was the, I don't want to say play toy, but they, they just loved her to death. And it was it was something that was quite enjoyable. And it was fun for us to watch as they started to kind of melt together and, and take responsibility a little bit for her well-being and all that kind of good stuff. So I, there's just so much to talk about, but it was great. Now, sometimes when fathers have have daughters, there's some fear. There's some fear about the unknown, fear about raising a gender that is not the, the gender that they are. And I hear from dads all the time that they have to get past that to be able to figure out kind of what it means to be a father to a daughter. What would you say was your biggest fears in raising daughters? Well, let me give you a little, a little back history on my growing up. I had three sisters and two brothers. And I listened to all the craziness that happened with my sisters. And I'm thinking, okay, here we go. I'm gonna have to live through that again. Fortunately, I realized that, you know what, you get what you put into it. Not that my parents did a great job. They always they did a great job. Don't get me wrong. But they just had a different way of parenting than my wife and I do. And if I had to say anything that that I don't want to say I feared, but, but but the things that I wanted to, as they got a little bit older, I just wanted to be educated on things that could be could negatively impact them. I always wanted them to know that you create your environment that you're in and that you don't want to put yourself in something that you're not in control of your situation. And that was something that I kept trying to, you know, press with them because we can't be around 24/7 nor should we be. And as they got a little bit older, they started to see different different environments, different experiences and they realized, "Hey, you know what?" Maybe I don't want to be here. I should be there and, and so on and so forth. So my, I guess my fear was things that I couldn't control, but I wanted to make sure that I educated them to a level where they knew not just right from wrong, but they could see the signs of, oh, wow, maybe this isn't quite right. And I should look over my shoulder and I think I might want to get out of it or leave or call somebody or whatever it might be. So maybe that's a little of the paranoia in me, but I felt I'd rather be a little paranoid than uh, I'd rather overscore that than than downplay it. So that was probably the one thing that I, I really wanted to make sure as they got older and they started to interact with more people, boys and so on and so forth, that they realized that, you know, stay in control of your environment. So ladies, I've got to turn it over to you now because your dad just talked about the fact that he uh, was putting some from pieces in place, some lessons in place to help you to be able to kind of see that path for yourself, but also to think about things in a little bit different way. So tell me about that. What was it like being being in that kind of context and having your dad share those, those lessons to you? And how did that help you to become the person that you are today? And let's start, you know what, let's start with the youngest first, and then we'll go to the oldest. So Ashley, you get to be first. Um, no, definitely just in all that he was saying on the safety and just 
kind of allowing us and educating us to have that knowledge that the world isn't always kind. I definitely appreciate that realism. I can definitely recall many times that you know, I noticed things that a lot of other people didn't. And it was kind of alarming <laughs> that other people weren't noticing. So it's empowering. And I have a sense of security as a single female at 28 years old that I'm appreciative for that I've seen myself be much more aware in social settings than a lot of people. And it is scary. But um, I definitely can credit you know, my upbringing from my father in that he was protective. <laughs> but I don't think looking back, I definitely think it was a positive and it was definitely productive in what it has brought out of myself for sure. Jesse, Katie, who wants to go next? I don't know who I don't know of the two of you who's older. That would be me. So Jesse's the second youngest. Oh, so I guess Jesse got to go to second then. Yeah, I mean, I think everything Ashley said is is super spot on. There was there was a lot of conversation around this when we were growing up. And then on top of that, just the added bonus. And I mean, we could talk about the fighting that transpired every day forever. But there was, we looked out for each other too. So when you have siblings, I think there's a really special thing there. And so, yeah, it was a mixture of the two things. You, you start to learn who you can rely on and who's here to protect you in the world and what you need to be on the lookout for. And so, yeah, I mean a lot of conversation around that and ultimately you get to a point where we're all adults now and she's right it it guides our decision making and you think back you find yourself as an adult thinking back on some of the things so many of the things that you learned when you were younger and it's just so fascinating to like then go and find meaningful ways to apply it to your life yeah I agree totally with everything that Ashley and Jesse said I mean I think we all all three of us have such a fierce independence that manifests in different ways and I I attribute so much to that I used to joke all the time like our parents would drop us off at college and I would look over at my roommate and their parents were like crying saying goodbye to them and my parents were like we're so proud of you. We reared you to this point, like fly, fly, little bird, ready, set, go. And and I was like, wait, this feels kind of confusing. Like, are we missing something here? And really, I think what, what that amounted to is that we were all like, it's this like, you know, we're raising you to go be your own human in this world. Go, go do that. We're so proud. We can't wait to watch you on that path. But I, I, I think that's so much of what my dad was talking about. I mean, he called it paranoia and certainly maybe in some cases it was, but, but I, I think that that was hypercritical to us being hyper aware of our surroundings and knowing how we were going to show up as our full selves in this life. And so, you know, I just, I attribute so much of that to those lessons. You know, I think, Bill, we all as fathers have some type of paranoia that we go through in our lives. And and some of that comes down to, you know, just the fear of the unknown and seeing where our daughter's lives are taking them and the hope that we hold within that their futures will bring them the the, the joy, the success that we want for them. And as your daughters have gotten older, as they have flown and grown beyond, what messages do you now say to them to be able to sustain, not to continue that relationship, but also to encourage them, motivate them as they continue to move in their own paths? Obviously, I'm extremely proud of all three. They, they've taken all three different paths, which is perfectly fine. And they're all doing very well for themselves. You know, my my goal was always, I know you have to go and work to make a living, but my inner goal was always do something that you really enjoy so that it doesn't feel so much like time to make the donuts and you're just 
grinding it out every day because that changed your mental attitude and how you feel about yourself. So the goal is always to look for that right occupation that that works for you. And you know everybody's moving in that direction, which is which is fantastic. As far as some of the things that I, that I would say is having good relationships with other you know, friends. Actually, I, I'll be honest with you; they've taught me a few things about having best friends and having. I'm I'm a workaholic. I just do you know da 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 work work work. They have genuinely good lifetime friends and that is is extremely valuable as you move forward so i look at that and i say it's a great plus and i've seen how it's supported them when we're out of the picture and they're doing their thing and they have their friends and they support each other and they can bounce stuff off of them and get you know advice and so on and so forth at the age group that they're in uh, to me, that was extremely valuable, and I think it's just bode well for all three of them. And they've they've all taught me that lesson because because again, I I'm probably more of an introvert than all of them are, <laughs> but for the most part, it, it's been good, and I hope that to continue, which I believe it will. And ladies, I think one thing that I've been hearing from your dad, but also from you, is that the relationship that the three of you have has grown into something very strong, and that's not always the case with siblings, and. Not always the case with with sisters. So what was it that your parents did or that you found within yourselves to be able to build such strong relationships? Not only, I'm going to say as twins for Jesse and Katie, but for Ashley too, to be able to not only have a strong bond growing up, but now as adults continuing to maintain that strong bond. Katie, I'll, I'll have you start this time. We'll go from oldest to, oldest to youngest. And I'll just start with like, we're pretty obsessed with each other. At least I'm pretty obsessed with them. So I just, I, we have to level set with that. And I think that comes from a variety of different things. But I mean, I, I really like, I think it's a, it's a super special thing. I mean, s- siblings in general, I think that's an extreme privilege. I think in terms of like, how did that grow over time? I mean, certainly with Jesse, there's something like just inherent about a twin bond, but to, to your point, but I think over time, certainly like the sense of family has always been instilled on both sides of our family. I think my mom, and my dad both come from really tight knit families, tight knit communities. And so I think that concept was always just a part of our upbringing, like not ever like explicitly said but like you just felt it always like family is important this is your community and so that there's something that just stays inherently with you I think over time when when you're building up like what your future relationships are going to look like with your siblings and then I think we always we also like you watch your friends and their siblings and sometimes relationships falter and you like you ask yourself why and you're like I but my siblings are so awesome I can't imagine not having that and then it's like a reminder that you want to consistently instill that and maintain that and manage it because especially over time, like I moved away knowing that I had to like work extra hard to be proactive in maintaining that relationship with my siblings was super important. But I think all of that is attributed to there's like the lessons that you learn over time. And then there's the small moments. I mean, I can think back to my dad used to always pick us up late at night after dance and it would literally be 1030 at night. And we were young, like middle school it was like it was, we were young to be out that late. And it was almost every single night he'd pick us up. Jesse and I would be in the back seat. Sometimes Ashley was in tow if she had another activity that she was getting picked up from. And we would literally just be like singing at the top of our lungs. And those moments are the moments that add up over time and are what instills the relationship that we have today. And I cannot imagine not having that. And I think it's like, it's just, so I guess all that to say, that's the long-winded answer for, I just think it's so many small memories and moments that make up what, what we have right now. And our brother 
who's obviously not here. He's not a daughter, so he's not a part of this conversation, but he's in that too. And I think that's, you know, we're, we're really privileged to have that relationship. I would add, it's so funny because obsessed seems like an, an aggressive word. It seems dramatic. It's not dramatic. <laughs> it's not dramatic. We, act, we, we say this to each other all the time and with our brother. And it's, she's right. It's, it's all of these things that have added up, but we've also witnessed a lot of things. You know, my dad comes from a big family. My mom comes from a big family. And so you see conflict exist in certain places and so then it's like you know that's always going to happen right like conflict conflict always inherently exists within families but when you see stuff like that again it's just like okay what can I do with the resources and that I have at my disposal how can I make sure that that doesn't happen in our dynamic and you know you show up you show up as as best you can to continue to make sure that you're fostering the relationships that are important to you. And that should be the case with friends, family, anybody, but especially with our siblings. I think we try really hard and make a, as valiant an effort of, as we can to show up really well for each other as often as we can. And I think everybody doing that, I mean, we're four people, everybody doing that amounts to people checking in all the time and just making sure that days are going well and you know following up when you know that somebody's having a big day or something is going on that they've told you about remembering those kind of things and so I think it's a lot of that compiled onto each other and it adds up I think that's I mean not to interject and jump in but I just like want to underscore that because I think it's it's so important to who we are which is that like my dad mentioned we all we all went on very different like professional paths and I think we try to amplify in each other the things that like the rest of us don't have. Like Ashley is so fiercely creative and thoughtful and so open-minded and always there to listen to ideas and she reminds me that I need to show up that way. And I think that's I mean to Jesse's point like that's the really I think special thing about all of our relationship is that we we bring something so different to the table and we really do try to amplify that in the other people because it's yeah I mean it's it's so much more special than having like four versions of yourself right like I think we all show up really differently so it's a really special thing. No, no worries. And then to follow that up, obviously, I agree with everything. Obsessed, yes. Um, <laughs> but but to expand on that, what's also been super fun is watching the relationships, if you break us apart, in between one another. So watching Katie and Billy and watching Katie and Jesse together, I have such an appreciation for, again, what everybody brings and watching the bonds that they can make and aspiring to be a part of that. It's just, it's constantly something I will never not want to work at. And they make it easy by showing up for me in that same way. And they always have. And when I'm not showing up, they're the checks and balance for me to say what's happening. Let's, you know, and, and again, it's telling, you know, it's, it's filling in those holes for me. Um, so I, I really don't know where I would be <laughs> without you guys sometimes. And always a takeaway is how lucky I am. Both of my longest best friends, their sisters are the exact same ages as mine. So same age difference. So it's really interesting to see their relationships. And I am just elated that mine is honest and genuine in the way that it is. And I cannot say that that's common. So very blessed. Now, Bill, I mean, everything that your girls are saying sounds like it was roses the entire time. And I know that that can't be always the case. There was a with, lot of fighting. Especially with four kids. <laughs> so much, just all, all kinds of fighting. So you, you, you were reading my mind after all that, that fun stuff. Of course, 
everybody's going to have arguments. But let me, let me just, again, backtrack. With having three sisters, okay, I was amazed at the arguments that they would have for, uh, about the stupidest things. And when it was all over and said and done, I would go to them and say, do you realize you were fighting over a brush, that she was using your brush? And they would look at each other and go, well, that's pretty silly. So I was expecting those kinds of things from my girls, because as you're growing up, you know, you're sharing a bathroom or whatever it might be. And you, you have these experiences and, and it's like, I got to be done by this time. I got to do it. I got to be all over. And I, I, it's got to be on my time. Well, you know, reality is you're not a single daughter. There's three of you and you're sharing things and you got to get along. So one thing that I, parents aren't perfect. Kids aren't perfect. We know that. And I think you have to be big enough a person to be able to say, you know what? I screwed up. I'm sorry. And it, it, sometimes it took a little longer when, let's say, one of the kids were, 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 did something wrong and we had to try to set them, set them straight and give them a minute to think about it. But, but nine times out of ten, when you gave them that opportunity to think about it, they did come back and say, I'm sorry, you're right so on and so forth. But parents have to do the same thing. It can't just be a one-way street. And uh, sometimes I think maybe the kids do it better than the parents, but <laughs> it isn't always rosy, but you can't expect it to be. And I think as long as you're, you count to 10 and you step back and you look at the situation and, we, and look at it through a different lens, all of a sudden you realize, you know what, that really is not that big of a deal in the world of life that I'm living in. So there've been many arguments. There's been many issues. There've been many, many things that, <laughs> so that we had to work through and we did. And you know what? What I, I hate to say this phrase, but I'm going to say it anyways. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And quite frankly, I think we learned from every one of those experiences that we had. I think you and mom did such a good job sticking to that, though, that I think that was like so important for us, right? Like, do you remember the time when we put the hole in Ashley's bedroom in her wall and you were like, we were going to go get a dog today, but not anymore. And we were like, <gasps> we were absolutely heartbroken. But it was like such an important lesson because we were like, I think most parents would have like still probably gone and gotten the dog. And we were like, oh, like we don't get a dog now. <laughs> this is devastating. And that was immediately like, oh, we're definitely not fighting anymore. Absolutely not. Like we're good. We're going to like be on our best behavior until we get this dog. And you guys did that. Every action has a consequence. That was our motto. And to your point, Katie, Kathy and I... I can't tell you how many conversations we had. For the most part, we were in agreement, but there were many conversations we had behind the scenes to say, look, we have to show a united front on this issue, whatever it might be. Because there were, and the issues matured as time went on, right? They got kind of got bigger and bigger, you know, and as everybody got older. So I, we tried to, to work together to get everybody to that better place. And yeah, I think looking at the product that we're looking at, I think it worked out pretty good. So, girls, you got to tell me the truth. Now, where, did you guys play parents oh, against for each other? Oh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> no, no question. question. Yeah, I think that looked differently for all of us. But yeah, definitely. When there's three of us, well, four of us and then two of them, I mean, you just got to catch them at the right time. You know, you're like, OK, maybe they haven't talked yet. If we get to one of them, <laughs> we'll get maybe the answer we're looking for. It's a classic, yeah. you know, but yeah, no, they were, they, they were, they were, they were always on the same page. And who was best at it? Katie. Do you think? It was you guys. I never was a part of that. I ratted myself out. Like I fell victim to their little parenting tricks every time. I think this only applies to you guys. But you're also like a <laughs> radical peacemaker though, Ashley, which I think is like really interesting. Do you remember the one time I called you guys out of school and I got the detention? You guys made me call you out of school. You guys took the day off. 
to go shopping wow, and I got worst. detention. I went to school and I got detention because I called you guys out of school. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, like, you know that what was, you did. <laughs> yeah, so, so that kind of explains, like, I was always in trouble, I feel. I never got away with anything. <laughs> Yeah, did. I think I was I think I was a little bit of a master manipulator, <laughs> which isn't great. Just a little savvy. I think it's also like I probably maybe I definitely more than you two had more of the like normal like mom daughter like tension in high school. And so I was always able to go to dad and be like, dad, she's being irrational again, like help me out. And I could <laughs> always like somehow maneuver that. And yeah, no, I mean, yeah, Chris, I think the answer is certainly yes, we all did that in our own ways, for sure. But we're upstanding citizens now. <laughs> yeah, where I think we're like paying, we're trying to like pay it back. You know what I mean? Like just with good behavior now as adults. So as you look back at all the lessons your dad has shared with you over the years, what's one lesson for each of you that stands out the most that is kind of cemented for you who your dad is, but also kind of maybe something that's pointing it in your own life of of what stays, what stayed with you. Work ethic. I've never, my parents work so hard. And this is something that my siblings and I talk about really, really frequently is people will comment to us like, wow, you guys, you know, you, you work really, really hard and always will say that's from our parents. I mean, just really, really strong work ethic. And just, I mean, when we were, we got our first job and we were like, what, 13, Katie? And all of it was just like, this is what life is. You earn your way through it and you work really hard. And so I think their work ethic will always be something that is really profound in all of our lives. Yeah, I know it's a little bit of a cop out to go with the same answer, but I, I would totally underscore that. I think there's also this, like, you always feel this thread of when you have like, when you have ancestors that were immigrants, I think there's this, there's just always this like deep sense of like you work for your independence. And that was so deeply instilled in us. Like you have jobs. If you want to buy things in high school, you have a job in high school to buy the thing that you want to buy in high school. Like that, that's just like a no brainer. And, and we were always weird to believe that. And I think now the way that that shows up for me well beyond just like day to day and going to work, which of course is all important. It's all, it's always like, okay, well, what else can we be doing? What's the next thing that we can be thinking about? Like, how can we make our situation even better? My husband, I drive him crazy being like, I sound exactly like my dad. Like, I want to go buy this house. I'm going to go like buy a piece of land and like develop these properties and it's going to be awesome. And we're going to make so much money, but it's like, it is like a funny thing, but it's all, I mean, it is all, you know, I, I share it in jest cause I, it is funny, but it's also like, it's, it's an important thing. I think it's like, we're always trying to better our situation. We're always trying to do something more. And then we're also trying to like give back and help our siblings too, and like, you know, be a part of, of that. And so, yeah, I think, I think work ethic is absolutely huge for us. Yes. And then, I mean, it just to kind of add a little further bit of that work ethic, obviously, but um, also just the ability that anything was actually possible just with an XYZ plan. My dad's always mapping out the XYZ to get to here. But and it really is that simple. So I think it's just always been an encouraging reminder. And um, especially I think kind of the creative field, you know, it's a wishy-washy industry. But, you know, just even I just always remember how supportive they were of that. And I, I would even get questions like, oh, are your parents supportive that you want to do fashion design? It wasn't looked at as, you know, something to be proud of at the time. And I do recall and it was never 
a question that that was what I was going to do. And they made sure to let me know that. So I just, that was always something that stuck with me. And it definitely took me to the place I needed to be. So it was incredible. Well, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call the fatherhood five, where I typically ask just the dad five questions, but I'm not just going to ask Bill these questions. We're going to ask both Bill and his daughters some questions. So first and foremost, I'm going to ask the ladies first, and then, Bill, you get the opportunity to say something at the end. In one word, what is fatherhood? And I'll let you ladies jump in the way you want. I think strength would be my word. I think there's just, I, when you think of strength, you think of just so many, there's just so many different meanings for it. And then when you're like our age now and can reflect on like, wow, the strength it must have taken to get to get through this or to get through this really hard experience and you know the strength that it quite literally takes to like do all the housework I mean like there's just so many different ways that that word has so much meaning so I think that would be mine I would say unrelenting patience I mean we totaled like an unfair amount of cars over the years and like I mean I just think like and the amount of time and I just remember like by like the fourth or fifth my dad just would look at us and be like okay all right, well, here we are. Like, it was like, you know, but it was his just first like. The thing was always, I'm just glad you're okay. That every yeah, time. Exactly. was like, I'm just glad you're okay. I remember being that 16, and we'd be like, I mean, I'm mad at myself. <laughs> like, how is this? And it was just like, you know, there's so many of those, like, setbacks as you're, get, you're growing up, and like, I don't know. I just think the amount of patience that it requires to parent anyone or anything is just that hyper impressive and certainly required when there's four of you. Yeah. And then, I mean, just the word that initially popped into my mind, if we're being honest, is trustful. I just, you know, when you're a little child and a girl, daughter specifically, it's like you look up to your father in that sense. But, you know, once you grow up and you start to, and especially the way he's raised us and you start to experience things on your own, you realize he doesn't have all the answers necessarily. So then it's kind of a back and forth. And it's just, it's interesting to see how your relationship can grow. Um, so that to me is what fatherhood is. Now, Bill, you've heard what your daughters have said. What's your word? Well, I always tried to, when they were little, expose them to as many things as I could. We would do dance night at the house where we turned the radio up, the music up really loud and they danced like little crazy people. And that was fun. We would do paper mache. We would do all these exercises. It was just to, to break it up and do something different that maybe you didn't do at school or whatever, whatever. And that was to expand the mind a little bit and have some fun along the way. But I think the thing that I enjoyed probably the most was when they would come to me, they got a little bit older and they come to me and they say, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And I'd say, hmm, okay, you can do X, Y, and Z, but I'm just going to say the potential outcome is going to be this. And then they would go and do X, Y, and Z, and the outcome was this. And they'd say, how did you know that? And they'd say, you didn't invent those things that happen in life. Your mother and I have experienced a lot of this stuff, because obviously we're a lot older and whatever. And, they, and that's why we, you, we have that, I don't want to call it wisdom, but we've had that experience. Therefore, we knew that was going to be the outcome. Now, if, if the outcome was going to be something that was going to be harmful or dangerous, then it, it would be a different conversation. But sometimes you just got to let, the, let them go, let them do their thing when you know it's not going to be something that's totally harmful and just let them play it out and see how it works. It didn't happen every time that way. Sometimes they proved me wrong which is okay. But I think those little exercises over the years kind of made them who they are as far as, you know, 
I'm willing to take this chance because I did my homework and this is where I think it's going to end up. And I think that's important. I think you have to be in control of your own self and decide how you're going to spend your time. And then as you, when you get married and things like that, now you got a partner and, and you're influencing that relationship. And I think it's important. I think it's, it should be two voices speaking and then you move forward together. And I think, I believe that all my girls are going to do that as they move on to the next chapter in their lives. Okay, but what's your one word for fatherhood though? For fatherhood? Yeah, one word. I heard fun and wise in there. No, I would say I would say support. I would say education. Those I know you only asked for one, but those two I think are were kind of critical. Now, ladies, when was the time that your dad finally succeeded at being a father to a daughter? Oh wow, interesting. The dances, father daughter dance. <laughs> Oh, we did have a lot of those. We did we did so many. Can you imagine two people each on one foot? Everybody gets a foot because well, you can't. Then when you Ashley got, came and it was like it just was a mess. trying to steal them away. It was yeah, just sheer competition. <laughs> okay, good question. There's been many, I'm sure, times growing up, but I can think of one point specifically when something. You know, pretty a pretty unfortunate experience happened when I was away at school. And, or excuse me, no, I wasn't away at school. But regardless, to be able to be in a position where you just share that with your parents without question of, are they going to believe me? Are they going to question me? Are they going to... There was none of that. And so when you think about it and you're like, wow, it stopped me in that moment. I was like, when I'm a parent... I need to be so good that my child knows they can come to me and I'll never question anything they say. Because it was just, it, it never even occurred to me when it, when it became a conversation. And I was like, wow, I, I've seen so many people since then who have had so many similar experiences. And that's been such a different outcome. And I'm like, wow, it's just crazy to me that it never occurred to me that that could even be a question. So I think when you are so blessed to have people that you know are inherently going to trust you because you've been raised right. And I just, I think that's the most amazing thing that you could ever ask for in a parent. It's a great example and totally agree. I would say, I, I, you know, it's hard to like pin down what you think the first experience is because there's, there's many, right. That, that I think are examples of this, but I think one, I mean, especially there, there's so many words that you apply to this, in like today's social climate. But I think one of the memories that I remember from my dad is him explaining to me when I needed to take my car in when I was 16, hey, you might have a weird experience. Somebody might try to take advantage of you because you're young, you're a female, you probably don't really know what you're talking about. And they might, they might tell you, they might, you know, try to take you for a ride. They might give you a bad deal or whatever. And here's how you're going to handle this. Here's the questions that you're going to ask. And that being sort of the first experience where like bias was kind of introduced into my life for the first time and somebody was going to treat me other than what felt fair and I wasn't really going to know how to handle that. So I would point to that example because I think that was, and it's I, honestly, it's it's unfortunate to say, but it's true today. I mean, I still apply that. I just got an, I just bought a new car a few days ago. I still apply those same lessons to those conversations and showing up authoritatively because my dad taught me how to do that and ask the right questions. And so I, yeah, I think that's one that I would point to. Not that I think it's the first, but- I think it's a good one. Yeah. Um, for me, it's hard, again, to pinpoint. But again, I think primarily it just really has to do with my fight or flight. I think I, I solely got that from him. And I think just the way it was delivered and the way I 
received it. It wasn't fear-based. It was it was a thousand percent education-based. And to this day, I just daily, there are just situations that I just have such a different outlook on because of the way he has shaped that. But again, not in a fear-based way. And I think that that's what's really important. So yeah, any of those lessons, really. And ladies, how would you describe your dad? Clever. So funny. A very clever parent. So funny. <laughs> he, yeah. He would play tricks on us oh all my God. the time. The, the permanent marker. I knew this was going to come oh. up at some point. The damn permanent marker. Yes. He the would literally draw. He would draw it. permanent marker dots on our noses, and we'd wake up and look at each other and be like, "You have a dot on your nose," and the other one would be like, "So do you." And he'd just be sitting there in the corner laughing just like this. Laughing just like this and us just all coming to the conclusion that we all had permanent marker dots on our noses. <laughs> that were put there add- while we were asleep. Yeah, just just, yeah. just ridiculous. so ridiculous. But like such a, I mean, imagine it's like whatever, 6.30 in the morning when you wake up for school and this is how you're starting your day. I mean, it's like. like who comes up with us? Yeah, it's just, it's hilarious. It's funny. Clever. Yeah. It's, it's unifying. It's, you know, it's a good time. <laughs> And he, look, he still gets such a kick out of it. I made sure I included everybody except mom. <laughs> the fake Lions tickets, Ash. That was another good example. Oh, that was a great one. Yeah. I still tell that story. You weren't brave enough, uh, Bill, to uh, include mom on that one? No, I did I did not put a dot on her nose. Um, I feared for my life if I had done that. But the, the, the kids, I thought after they got past the shock, they were laughing too. <laughs> And the conditioning part of it is to get us up moving forward. He would just come and bop us on the nose with his finger, and we would all pop <laughs> yeah, out of exactly. bed we because we was... didn't want permanent marker. Yeah, guess, yeah. guess who was so, never late for school? <laughs> I, exactly. Again, there was always a method to his. That's madness. a good point, Ash. <laughs> yes. I always figured, why have kids if you can't have some fun with them? <laughs> now, Bill, who inspires you to be a better dad? Well, I, you know what? I got to tell you, I can never, I will never match up to my father. He was a steady Freddy. He was a hard worker, which I, I, I believe I got that from him. He was so trustworthy and he was a family man. Uh, and, and in a lot of ways, I'm kind of like him in, in that regard where, you know, family comes first, you know, all the other social stuff comes second to me. I mean, the only thing that ever got in my way, to be honest with you, with, with family periodically was when I was super, super, I was working, you know, major hours because of building developments and stuff like that. But that went away. And then I got an opportunity to kind of chill out, pull back, and then kind of, you know, be a, I I think a better dad because we got to spend more time together. But I always try to, to, to carve out enough time to do those different things. Like, Take when before Ashley was born, we t- I take the twins up to I, I can't remember which town we were in, but we were in a it was a, it was San Diego and we go up to a mountain whatever it was like and it would be twenty degrees cooler and we go up there and they had a little candy store and and I and we they would say oh we're gonna go get some candy and I get them a little candy and then we go to this little playground they had and it was just it was a forty five an hour hour and a half experience but it was just the three of us and we we just. Had had a good time. So I, I always look for those opportunities that I would hope that they would remember that it was it was all about just being together, having fun, you know, no affront to anything, just just go for it. And and 
we would do that periodically, that and a variety of other things. So I try to put those experiences in front of them that, that I thought they would enjoy, but also kind of learn from. And, and hopefully when they have kids, you know, they're going to realize, well, geez, that impacted me when I was a kid. So I'm going to do that with my kids. So you kind of pay it forward. And hopefully I, I gave them a few of those little little tricks of the trade. I mean, you don't have to do dots on the nose, but <laughs> although that's fun, um, you could do other things. But <laughs> yeah, hopefully I set the tone for you guys to come up with your own little fun. From everything that they're saying, I think they, they have some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Now, as we finish up today, Bill, you've given a lot of different pieces of advice and, and ladies, you have too. But what advice would you want to leave for dads today um, for them to be the best dads that they can be? I think open-mindedness. Open-mindedness for sure. I mean, I think we had the space to like, we had the space growing up to lean into who we were going to be and become. And I think that I I would encourage any parent to absorb that trait. I think it's really important that my, I mean, my dad mentioned being exposed to a lot of different things to sort of see and frame what we wanted that to become for each of us. We, I think we always felt like we had the space to do that. And I think, I think that's really, that, that has certainly single-handedly impacted where we've all ended up. Yeah. I would say also just to focus on the communication and the um, specific language that you have with each individual child as, you know, they're not the same and those relationships aren't the same. So it's, it's focusing on that communication and that, you know, specific relationship amongst multiple siblings in this case. Um, And that was always something really special and everyone had their little thing and um, that always meant a lot. So those moments matter. I would say a dad and a mom, but a dad should be a good listener. Don't jump to conclusions. Think before you speak and then move forward because I've, I've seen it and probably have done it where, oh, geez, I got all this background, so I know where you're going with this, and I don't let the person necessarily finish what they what, what the situation is, and I just jump out with the solution to the problem too soon. So it's, it's count to 10, listen to what they have to say, digest it, and then respond. And, and you know what? Sometimes the dad doesn't have to come up with all the answers. Sometimes you just throw out tidbits of information and let them come up with the conclusion to the situation. And you'd be surprised that as they get older, how many times they come up with the right answer. So that would be my advice, I guess. Well, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to all four of you for being here today. It's been a pleasure being able to live vicariously through your stories, but also to really share in the, uh, the the journey that all of you have been on as father and daughters. And, and also just in, I appreciate the stories and the information that you shared with other dads, because, you know, all of us have to learn from others to be able to be better fathers. And it sounds like from all the stories you're sharing, you know, not only did you have a great dad growing up, but you've got a great dad right now. So I just want to say thank you for being here today and for sharing uh, your story. Thank you so much, Chris. For having Thanks, us. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. 
Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals we buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad can be be the best dad you can be